Section 5 of The Citizen's Almanac. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 5 Landmark Decisions of the U.S. Supreme Court. Since it first convened in 1790, the U.S. Supreme Court has been the central arena for debate on some of America's most important social and public policy issues, including civil rights, powers of government, and equal opportunity. As the ultimate authority on constitutional law, the Supreme Court attempts to settle disputes when it appears that federal, state, or local laws conflict with the Constitution. The Supreme Court's decisions determine how America's principles and ideals, as expressed in the Constitution, are carried out in everyday life. These decisions impact the lives of all Americans. In the following section you will read about several landmark decisions of the Supreme Court that are important to know and understand as a United States citizen. Marbury v. Madison 1803 John Marshall delivering the opinion of the court while the US Supreme Court wields immense power in determining the constitutionality of federal laws its authority was still uncertain until 1803 although most of the framers expected the Supreme Court to perform this essential role the court's authority was not explicitly defined in the Constitution Chief Justice John Marshall's decision in Marbury v. Madison, speaking for a unanimous court, established the power of judicial review, making the Supreme Court an equal partner in government along with the legislative and executive branches. The Supreme Court now serves as the final authority on the Constitution. The Marbury case began in 1801, during the last few weeks of President John Adams' term as president, just before Thomas Jefferson assumed the presidency. Congress had recently approved the appointment of several new justices of the peace in and around the District of Columbia. President Adams made appointments to these positions, and the Senate confirmed each just one day before Jefferson took office. The Secretary of State was to deliver the formal appointments prior to Jefferson taking office. However, many of the commissions were not delivered on time. One of those appointed, William Marbury, did not receive his commission and immediately filed suit against the new Secretary of State, James Madison, for failing to deliver it promptly. Marbury went directly to the Supreme Court, seeking a writ of mandamus a legal order demanding compliance with the law to require secretary madison to deliver the commission chief justice john marshall was aware that if the court forced madison to deliver the commission jefferson and his administration would most likely ignore it and thus undermine the authority of the court marshall's decision stated that madison should have delivered the commission to marbury but the section of the Judiciary Act of 1789 that gave the Supreme Court the power to issue writs of mandamus exceeded the authority of the court under Article Three of the Constitution. The decision upheld the law as defined in the Constitution, limiting the Supreme Court's power at the same time and establishing the fundamental principle of judicial review. Excerpts 
the question whether an act repugnant to the constitution can become the law of the land is a question deeply interesting to the united states that the people have an original right to establish for their future government such principles as in their opinion shall most conduce to their own happiness is the basis on which the whole american fabric has been erected this original and supreme will organizes the government and assigns to different departments their respective powers it may either stop here or establish certain limits not to be transcended by those departments the government of the united states is of the latter description the powers of the legislature are defined and limited and that those limits may not be mistaken or forgotten the constitution is written the distinction between a government with limited and unlimited power is abolished if those limits do not confine the persons on whom they are imposed and if acts prohibited and acts allowed are of equal obligation it is a proposition too plain to be contested that the constitution controls any legislative act repugnant to it or that the legislature may alter the constitution by an ordinary act between these alternatives there is no middle ground certainly all those who have framed written constitutions contemplate them as forming the fundamental and paramount law of the nation and consequently the theory of every such government must be that an act of the legislature repugnant to the constitution is void this theory is essentially attached to a written constitution and is consequently to be considered by this court as one of the fundamental principles of our society plessy versus ferguson john marshall harlan delivering the dissenting opinion of the court eighteen ninety six while great strides were made in establishing the political rights of african americans following the american civil war the u s supreme court delivered several decisions most notably in the case of plessy versus ferguson that impeded civil rights efforts in the united states beginning in eighteen eighty seven following the passage of the first jim crow laws in florida states began to require that railroads furnish separate accommodations for each race jim crow laws sought to restrict the rights of african americans they were named after a popular minstrel character in the eighteen thirties the laws were unfair and by this time segregation was extended to most public facilities many saw the extension of segregation into railroads as a further objection of the work that congress and the federal government had done to affirm the rights of african americans on june seventh eighteen ninety two homer plessy an african-american from new orleans boarded a train and sat in a real car for white passengers a conductor asked him to move but plessy refused and was then arrested and charged with violating the jim crow car act of eighteen ninety plessy challenged his arrest in court and the case was tried in new orleans he argued that segregation violated both the thirteenth and fourteenth amendments to the u s constitution through appeal the case was heard before the u s supreme court in eighteen ninety six by an eight to one decision 
the court ruled against Plessy, thus establishing the separate but equal rule. The separate but equal rule mandated separate accommodations for blacks and whites on buses, trains, and in hotels, theaters, and schools. In a powerful dissent, Justice John Marshall Harlan disagreed with the majority, stating, Our Constitution is colorblind, and neither knows nor tolerates classes among citizens. Harlan's words provided inspiration to many involved in the civil rights movement, including Thurgood Marshall, whose arguments in Brown v. Board of Education helped overturn the separate but equal precedent in 1954. Excerpts In respect of civil rights common to all citizens, the Constitution of the United States does not, I think, permit any public authority to know the race of those entitled to be protected in the enjoyment of such rights. In the view of the Constitution, in the eye of the law, there is, in this country, no superior dominant ruling class of citizens. There is no caste here. Our Constitution is colorblind and neither knows nor tolerates classes among citizens. In respect of civil rights, all citizens are equal before the law. The humblest is the peer of the most powerful. The law regards man as man and takes no account of his surroundings or of his color when his civil rights, as guaranteed by the supreme law of the land, are involved. West Virginia State Board of Education v. Barnett, 1943 Robert Jackson, Delivering the Opinion of the Court In 1940, as most of Europe was at war with Nazi Germany, and the United States was increasing production at its war industries in support of Great Britain, a wave of patriotism swept the country. During this time, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Minerville School District v. Gobitis that public school students were required to salute the American flag and recite the Pledge of Allegiance regardless of personal religious beliefs. Despite the ruling, many students, including the children of Jehovah's Witnesses, a religious group in the United States, continued to resist saluting the flag and reciting the Pledge of Allegiance due to their religious beliefs. Many of these students were persecuted for their beliefs, and intense pressure forced the Supreme Court to revisit the issue of First Amendment freedoms just three years later. In 1943, the Court heard arguments in the case of West Virginia State Board of Education v. Barnett. This case considered a requirement by the West Virginia Board of Education that all teachers and students must salute the flag as part of their daily program. Refusal to do so resulted in harsh punishment, including, in some cases, expulsion. After reviewing arguments on both sides, the court reversed its original ruling in Minerville School District v. Gobitis, stating that this required activity violated the First Amendment. Justice Robert Jackson delivered the decision of the majority, writing that if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. 
the court's ruling ensured that the right to worship freely as long as it does not interfere with the rights of others is protected under the constitution excerpts the very purpose of a bill of rights was to withdraw certain subjects from the vicissitudes of political controversy to place them beyond the reach of majorities and officials and to establish them as legal principles to be applied by the courts one's right to life liberty and property to free speech a free press freedom of worship and assembly and other fundamental rights may not be submitted to vote they depend on the outcome of no elections if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation it is that no official high or petty can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics nationalism religion or other matters of opinion or for citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein if there are any circumstances which permit an exception they do not now occur to us brown versus board of education 1954 earl warren delivering the opinion of the court since the u s supreme court's eighteen ninety six decision in the case of plessy versus ferguson racially segregated public schools were accepted under the basis of the separate but equal rule the separate but equal rule mandated separate accommodations for blacks and whites on buses trains and in hotels theaters and schools many civil rights groups including the national association for the advancement of colored people naacp worked to overturn this ruling for several decades in 1952 the naacp brought five cases before the supreme court that directly challenged the precedent established in plessy versus ferguson due to the divided opinion of the court on whether or not it was possible to overturn this ruling the justices called for additional hearings at a later date following several setbacks including the death of chief justice frederick vinson the supreme court agreed to hear each case once again during its 1953 term the five cases brought before the supreme court illustrated that many public schools in america were not providing equal facilities and materials to african-american students thurgood marshall the naacp's lead attorney argued that the separate but equal rule violated the fourteenth amendment to the constitution which granted citizenship to all citizens regardless of color and provided equal protection under law on may seventeenth nineteen fifty four chief justice earl warren delivered the unanimous ruling of the court stating that the segregation of public schools was in fact a violation of the fourteenth amendment and was therefore unconstitutional this historic decision ended the separate but equal rule that had been in place for nearly six decades the court's opinion in this landmark case helped expand the civil rights movement in the united states advancing the idea that every citizen deserves america's promise of equality and justice under law excerpts we come then to the question presented does segregation of children in public schools solely on the basis of race 
even though the physical facilities and other tangible factors may be equal, deprive the children of the minority group of equal educational opportunities? We believe that it does. To separate them from others of similar age and qualifications solely because of their race generates a feeling of inferiority as to their status in the community that may affect their heart and minds in a way unlikely ever to be undone. We conclude that in the field of public education the doctrine of separate but equal has no place. Separate educational facilities are inherently unequal. End of section 5